that's where I start. It would be now. Now is when you start. Welcome to the Selby is Godcast. You like the sound of that? Episode 5. 5? Episode 5. Episode 5. TJ Zoopy, Zach Meisel here on The Athletic. Hey, hey, thanks for keeping me first on the marquee, man. You are uh, the face that runs the place. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what I'm referred to as. You nailed it. Um, it's, uh, boy, it's like 97 <laughs> degrees outside, so it doesn't feel like it, but it's almost post-season time. And it just dawned on me today, we're recording this on Tuesday, the first game of the Indians' homestand. Um, I have <laughs> so little concept of what time it is or day it is after uh, West Coast and Red Eye flights. Well, but at, least, at least you maintain what the listeners really want to know, and that's our thoughts on the weather. A, yeah. they, they want to know how hot it is three days ago when they listen to this. And, and, and B, they want to know about your travel but issues. I, okay, I, I'm not... Well, let me finish. My point was, it just dawned on me today that the playoffs start in a week. Yeah, they do. Like, we're going to be covering a playoff game at Progressive Field next Thursday. That It's here. And so I think for a long time, because the Indians rattled off 22 straight wins and we were so caught up in that, and then we are caught up in them clinching and knowing they had a few weeks to kind of experiment with some things, it just seemed like there would be a, a lengthy period where it was like, okay, let's just go through the motions and wake us up when October starts. Well, October is like on the doorstep, even though it's, again, 97 degrees outside and my dog was panting after... 30 seconds on our walk today. My dog I had was, to slip in a Linus reference there. Of course. My dog was also panting. That's because I left her outside for 20 minutes. Oh, jeez. It's not... It, there's shade, but I didn't want her to wake the baby. The, my, my stepmother was coming over to watch as I was coming downtown, and if she would have just walked in the house and the dog was there, it would have been a bark fest 2017. So I had to stick her outside. When she came back in, she acted like she'd been out there for five hours. I mean, it was like... 20 minutes. Well, it, it only takes, I think, 10 minutes to get heat exhaustion, I read today. Um, I didn't stick her in the car. Well. <laughs> I just put her in the backyard where it's shady. It's not, that's not that bad. Well, you obviously didn't want to be outside that long. So why do you think the dog would want to be outside that long? <laughs> I, I don't want to put her outside that long either, but I also don't want to bark and have her wake up my, my child, so... So welcome to the Selby is dog cast. Um, no, let's, so a few things we want to get to and I, I we can start wherever you want, but I'm, I'm, I'm pinch me and tell me that the playoffs are starting in a week and there are still like 4,000 things that the Indians need to decide before they fill out their playoff well, roster. Well, that's the weird thing, Zach, because I'm trying to put myself in position of last year looking at what could have been the playoff roster, and then there was those things in flux where we didn't know if, if Salazar was going to be ready because there was some thought that maybe he could pitch in the division series. Out of the bullpen, right? Out of the bullpen, but he would have been available in the division series. That felt less than a 50-50 shot, but there was still that possibility. Then you had Jan Gomes coming back from his broken hand, and like three days later, the man is throwing to the bases. And I about fell out of my chair when I saw that. And then he, of course, made the the playoff roster. There was the question of whether they're going to carry two catchers, three catchers. In the first series, they went with three, and I believe after that they went with just the two. But beyond that, 
was was there anything really dramatically hanging over the head of of the Indians as far as putting the roster together? I I I can't remember it now. Recency bias is playing into this because there are so many things that we don't know about this current makeup. But I was just looking through the the locker room today. There are so many little dominoes that affect so many different things. We already know about Kipnis playing in center field, and he hasn't gotten a lot of chances out there. I didn't think he was going to embarrass himself, but to me, the bigger question is, is he going to be good offensively? Well, he's starting to swing the bat a little bit better, so maybe you feel a little bit better about him playing center field for six, seven innings in a playoff game. The question of the backup center fielder is there, too. Greg Allen might make sense there. So there's a domino. I look at third base. It's a huge domino with Yanni Diaz, who looked like he might be setting up for a start uh, like a week ago. Now is He's having issues just getting healthy enough to play. Giovanni Urshela is playing a little bit more every day now. Is it better to go with run prevention early in the game as opposed to starting uh, less than 100% Yandy Diaz? And this is like two things that we're talking about that already have all these dominoes in place. And I could go through the roster and pretty much do that at so many different positions. And I think that's part of what plays into how crazy it is that in a little over a week we're going to be sitting here talking about a playoff game is that there's so many things hanging over this roster and usually when there's that many things going on and so many things in flux wouldn't you feel like oh crap this team is in for a rude awakening and yeah, i don't really feel that way like there are enough different things at play here different pieces parts different puzzle parts that they've been able to work together that i'm pretty confident that they can find the answers somewhere in the mix the things we know are really really good like Luber is going to start game one, and Andrew Miller and Cody Allen are going to be on the roster. And no one, you know, Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez, you don't have to worry about them. So I, that's why it feels like a lot of people are confident in picking the Indians to, to make a run or, or hang on to the top seed and have home field advantage. And it's like, yeah, because even though there are so many questions, what, they, what we do know is they're really good, and whatever, however this shakes out, you're gonna be, you're gonna feel pretty comfortable about it, just because they have so much depth, and, and it's like, we don't know. It's, I asked Tito this, he didn't really bite on it. It, it, it seems like spring training a little bit, and <laughs> I asked over the weekend. I said, you know, is it like, because you're juggling guys like Kipnis is only playing five, six, seven innings, and you're gonna try to assimilate Lonnie Chisenhall back in, and you're not gonna just throw him to the Wolves for nine innings. A game every game this week it's gonna have to be a steady build and you want to give certain guys days off like there's a lot of spring training elements here and yet in a week they're gonna be playing a playoff game it's remarkable so I think I don't know I'm interested to see what happens with Chisenhall of course but also Brandon Geyer you know is there a spot on the roster for him can he be healthy enough and hit well enough Michael Brantley we were just talking about how if, if he can run the bases this weekend and be fine with that, yeah, he's not he's going to be a little rusty, but is there a spot for him as a pinch hitter? I mean, there are, there are a lot of different ways they could go, and I don't know. I mean, I think that the main question then is how many pitchers, how many position players? We I think we know Tomlin will be that fourth starter, Clevenger in the bullpen. Does that what, mean Salazar's off the roster? Salazar off the roster. Does that mean Dan Otero, Zach Dan McAllister? Otero. Right, right, exactly as people are almost colliding into us as we sit outside the Infinity Club. Still waiting for that live studio audience that we requested, but the only thing we managed to see is reporters looking at us weird as they walk by. What are these two guys doing? (laughs) 
thought we could at least get a laugh track. I hate laugh tracks. It's like the worst part of every sitcom is the laugh track. Yeah. You ever watch those shows on YouTube where they remove the laugh track? No. Oh, you should. It's brutal. They can get really brutal. But you know what's not brutal? Oh, jeez. Well, the segue is... <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Is that the Indians, at least going into the postseason this year compared to last year, should feel good about the makeup of their their rotation and their bullpen and that they don't have guys held together with duct tape and bubble yum and so far we still have a week to go but no one is critically injured out for well, the year a uh, little psa here uh, if you've seen trevor bauer's drone the iron man uh, he's looking for it he could be could have been stolen could have just been picked up by someone who was at clake park in westlake uh if you've seen it tweet at bauer outage um and yeah. So uh, I, that just fit because he said himself, if he can't get it back, he's going to have to build another one. And no one in Cleveland, no no Indians fan wants to see him <laughs> building drones in, in October. We've, we've seen that story. Yeah. It, it didn't work out so splendidly for him and his pinky. But outside of that, you, you have Carrasco, you have Clevenger pitching so well that putting him in the bullpen – can make sense. Do you like that move? Starting him would make sense. I thought it was curious. I thought it was perplexing. I thought it was, is there any other synonym there I can stick that would fit? Uh, certainly was... Puzzling? Bewildering? Sure. Any of those work. I, it's probably not what I would have done. I yeah. would have felt better about starting him in game four. I also understand where they're coming from, but as I wrote earlier this week on the website... It's go- oh, theathletic.com. I would hope subscribe to today. It's it's more so about like before I know about the move, I needed to see how they're going to use him. I mean, they can say we're going to use him as a weapon. We're going to use him in high leverage innings. We're, we're he's not just going to sit out there and, and wait for the score to be six to nothing before we bring him in the game. That would be the last thing that that could happen. That they that they would want to happen because he's one of your best pitchers and if you're only going to use him when all hell is broken loose then you've completely wasted a really good pitcher in my opinion but if they're going to use him so you can be aggressive with your rotation you're going to bring him in in the fifth inning for Tomlin because you're two times through the rotation uh, two times through the lineup excuse me and you can bring him into the game and he can bridge the gap from the fifth to the seventh or the eighth that, that's great I, I like having a multi-inning weapon but I have to know how you're going to use him. And they've said they're going to use him in that way, but I won't know until it actually plays out. I just feel like it's a waste if you're going to use other people in, in these situations or force guys like Miller and Allen to throw a lot of innings when you have somebody out there that is having a really good year and in addition to that is on the best role of that really good year. And he even admitted he prefers to start. Well, who said, wouldn't? I mean, that would, it wouldn't, wouldn't you expect him to say that? Well, yeah, but... I expect guys to say, give canned answers on, well, I'm just here to pitch when they tell me to pitch. He said, no, I'm going to sorely miss the seven-inning chess match. And I kind of like that. I appreciate that. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think there's enough depth in the bullpen. Like, I hope at this point, obviously, you can trust Allen. You can trust Miller. You can trust Shaw. But I think... Shaw. I think you can trust Tyler Olson for a little bit. Nick, for a, a batter? Uh, yeah. Sure. Nick, fifth, Nick Goody, Joe Smith, where I don't think the Clevenger role that we have defined here is high up on the priority list. Because 
in a five game series, how often are you going to need him to do that? Well, like I think your the, hope, the hope is, is maybe once, right. and that's it. And so I think it makes more sense to have Clevenger start game four, and because it's going to cost. I mean, I think we can agree Zach McAllister probably isn't making the postseason roster. It might cost Dan Otero a job, and it just seems unnecessary. I think it's more efficient if Clevenger's your number four guy, and you just add another reliever. I don't know. I, I they had Jeff Manship in the bullpen last year. I mean, it's like I, there's enough depth there. Where I don't think they needed to do this, and I get it. I think I think the one thing here that you can't quantify is telling Josh Tomlin, who is everyone's favorite teammate and the nicest guy on the planet, and you're going to go up and tell him he's not on your postseason roster, especially after the way he pitched last postseason. And I I will take, and I know this is not how you mean it, but I will take exception to believing that they're just putting him on Tomlin on the roster because they feel some some sense of, of, of loyalty loyalty to him. For what he did last year, he's also pitching really well too. Yeah, um, and I think as last year showed, when you when you use him correctly in the playoffs, he he can be a really good pitcher to get you four five innings. Sure. But do you want him facing Aaron Judge in Yankee Stadium? In Yankee Stadium? No, I don't. I, yeah. I don't. But I <laughs> I probably could have said that about Tom last year in some situations. True. And he had a, a sub two ERA in his first three starts, whatever it was, just before Game Six of the World Series. And that's a guy who is his physically not doesn't have great stature, doesn't throw hard, and he was pitching on short rest. That's yeah, no, that's asking a lot, and he he delivered. So I, there's no doubt about all of that. I just but I but I think we're on the same page yeah. here. We both would have gone Clevenger starting him. But this move can make sense as long as they use him. He has to be used. You have to use Clevenger as that multi-inning weapon, even if he's a, a matchup guy. But if he enables you to take some of the burden off of bringing Andrew Miller in in the fifth inning, because you did that last year when Andrew Miller was as close to 100% as he could be. He is not at 100%. He's pitching it. I don't know what the percentage is, but he is not every bit of himself. I can't expect him to go out and log 30% of my relief innings, especially when my bullpen pitched 65 innings in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think that's going to play into this. I think Tito has kind of hinted at, you know, you're not going to see Miller go get the last out of the fifth and pitch the sixth and the seventh. You're not going to see that. No. And it's, you're especially not going to see that in game one or game two. Right. Uh, game five, game seven, elimination game, sure, you're pulling out all the stops. But you can't do that in the same way knowing where their health is. I mean, And Cody Allen was just given a couple of extra days to, to, to get his arm right for the postseason. He's been worked a ton. Brian Shaw has. So you have other options in there. If, if putting Clevenger in the bullpen – means that you can take some of that away, that you can trust some other guys in some of those spots, and I have to rely on the same three guys every night, then I think there's, there, there's, some, there's part of that that can pay off brilliantly, but we'll see. So you've convinced me. Now we agree this is the right move. Tomlin should start. Clevenger <laughs> in the bullpen. But I'm not even sure. So much so that when I heard an idea by MLB Network's Brian Kenny for the Yankees that it got me thinking about the Indians. Kenny's idea for the Yankees was you're not only trying to win the wild card game, you're trying to win the World Series. And what gives you the best chance to win the World Series, to win 12 postseason games, is getting Luis Severino as many starts in the ALDS as possible. If he starts the wild card game, which it looks like he's going to, 
that means he can't pitch game one of the ALDS, and maybe he only gets one start in the ALDS, depending on how things go. His thought was, why don't the Yankees use their impressive bullpen to go for a bullpen-type day in that wildcard game? Start, I think he said Shane Green, start him in the game, have him go an inning, two Chad innings. Green, right? Yeah, Chad, sorry. Who, Chad. who, when he faced the Indians in New York a few weeks ago, Faced eight batters and struck out seven of them. So, pretty good. Not bad. They and they can do that because they have a, an elite bullpen. There's probably three teams in baseball that could go about something like that and have it make sense. The Rocks. The, <laughs> I don't care about your Harbaugh dynasty team. As much as you want to talk about it right now, and you're in the midst of the World Series against who? Travis Sawchick, your heated rival. Hopefully, next podcast we can talk about <laughs> my championship because on his Fangraphs podcast. Unbeknownst to me, who did not read the description of what it was going to be a few months ago, they spent a half hour talking about his his World Series victory over me last season. And I sat through that whole thing, and it was tormenting, and uh, it was painful. Well, will you be using a bullpen game in any of the games in the World Series? I will not reveal strategy. (laughs) Um, I know Travis is an athletic subscriber, so I don't want him to listen to this and gain any... Um, gain anything. So I can't... But yes, that is a possibility, Game 4 or Game 5. Yankees can do it. Dodgers probably can do it. They have a really good bullpen. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to use Kershaw, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, because he sucks in the postseason. Haven't you seen his numbers? And then the third team that could absolutely do it is the Indians, and they've proven that. They did that in in the, the ALCS last year, not by design, but by Trevor Bauer slicing his finger off. So, and I was thinking about just that decision overall. Could the Indians, we're talking about Clevenger now in the bullpen, whether you would use him in game four, game three, whether you're going to use him as a multi-inning guy. I was just thinking hypothetically, could you see a scenario where it would actually make more sense instead of starting Josh Tomlin, say in game four, or even game three, would it make more sense because the Indians have such a deep bullpen, have so many quality guys in there, to instead of going with a starter, per se, in that game, to go with an opener, a guy that comes in, pitches an inning or two, gives you two scoreless, which is your hope, right off the bat, gives you a chance to jump up early, and then set up your bullpen from there. Would that ever make sense, even for the Indians, or even just for any team in the postseason? Yeah, first of all, I like the idea. I think the issue with... the it, It's... I wish a team would do this, but I... I there's, I'm struggling here to formulate what I want to say because it's complex scenario. Like, if you are tying your horses, tying what's that? Hitch, hitching Hitcher, your wagon? Wagging, wagon. You can't put not, your wagon before the. I'm not much cart. of a farmer. Um, <laughs> I, you know, if you're if you're going with Severino, you're saying he's your guy. I mean, you, you figure he's going to throw what six innings, maybe seven, yeah. and. If you go with your quote-unquote ace, it's like you have a longer leash. If it's if you're making a mad dash to the playoffs to be a wild card team, and you clinch on the last day, and you just have to like the Indians went with Danny Salazar for the wild card game, I, Ubaldo probably would have been their top choice. No? Yeah, absolutely. So, or, or Masterson if he was healthy. So, <laughs> the amazing thing is Corey Kluber doesn't even factor in. Yeah. He was on that team. Um, so. I think in that scenario, it might make sense. Like if 
if the Yankees hadn't wrapped this up and had been able to set up their rotation. But I, I like the idea of the bullpen game better if you can do it because, like Severino, you're not if he's struggling in the third inning, you're not going to pull him unless until it's too late, probably. But if that's Josh Tomlin starting, you're going to pull him at the first sign of trouble, even if it's the third inning. And so I think I like the idea, and I kind of think I think the Indians are going to do this. I think if Tomlin gets into any trouble in a game four, especially if you're down in the series, I think you pull him in the second inning, third, like before it's too late. Yeah, and, and you turn it up bullpen. a run, maybe two yeah. runs. And so I think no matter who it is, that's what's going to happen. And and the point is. If you use it that way, if Tomlin goes one time through the order and doesn't look super sharp, then you turn it over to Clevenger and he can give you a couple innings. If it's the reverse, if Clevenger was that starter and was struggling, you wouldn't go to Tomlin out of the bullpen. So I think this gives you a little more depth and insurance for this type of scenario. I kind of think you're going to see it. Let's take it one step further. Say it's not Tomlin's starting game for Say it is an actual bullpen day. And Clevenger factors in, but he's not starting the game. He's available, but he's not starting. You're going to go with an actual opener. You're taking one of your relievers, and you're going to start the game with him. Because the, the whole idea is the most runs are scored on average in the first inning. That's when the most runs are scored in baseball this year. So you're trying to keep the, the team off the board early to give your team a chance to get up early, and then you kind of set it up from there. And it makes sense. You're facing the opposing team's best hitters. Right, exactly. You set it up, you know who's in, you can set it up a matchup. If it's a bunch of left-handed hitters, a bunch of right-handed hitters, you can bring in a guy, and it's not your best reliever, you're not bringing Andrew Miller in to start the game, you're not bringing uh, Cody Allen in to start the game, but your third, your fourth best reliever, somebody that you feel confident can lock up the other team. Could there be a scenario where that works? And if if there is a scenario where that could work, who would be the guy that you trust to do that? So... Are we talking a specific series here and a specific opponent? Right, let's say against the Yankees, Yankee Stadium, Game 4. There's one guy I really like who is, this is out of the box, he might not even make the roster. I think Dan Otero. First of all, he's the type of guy who, if you told him, he's, if you told him he was doing that, he'd probably be like, all right, cool. And where I, Well, I, there was a case, remember, I think it was early this year, where they almost did that, and he was... He was balls to the wall to use your term excited for the opportunity and then it didn't end up playing out that way right and I think he's a ground ball pitcher and so let him face Aaron Judge let him face Gary Sanchez and get those guys off balance maybe God I would love like bring a Tyler Olsen next to face those guys and with his arm slots and everything's moving like you could set it up and now things don't always go according to the script and if you give up a couple runs here and there, it's going to completely, uh, this whole thing's going to nosedive. But you could set it up, and it wouldn't even shock me if they did this. Like, <laughs> they have not announced Josh Tomlin as the number four no, starter. They and you could set it up so that you just keep the hitters off balance and keep them guessing all game. Because it's like, go from Otero, who doesn't throw hard, gets you to hit the ball into the ground, to Olsen, who, good luck even seeing the ball, to. Brian Shaw, whose ball is moving all over the place, and then Andrew Miller, who's coming at you from the... I mean, they have so many different looks. And then you have Clevenger somewhere in your yeah. back pocket. Maybe he comes in and throws three innings to help bridge the gap. So I I, I kind of like Otero. Otero's an interesting choice. They, 
as you're talking about, they almost did that earlier this year. I think it was a rainout that ended up changing their plans. It was in Detroit. I think it was Detroit, and it might have been where they called up Ryan Merritt instead. I, yeah. I can't remember the particulars, but they... One of their seven doubleheaders in Detroit this year. <laughs> and you were there for, what, five of them? I think. Hey, I was there, there was no rainout on the West Coast. Is that, that was your first My road trip first road trip year. all season where there was not a rainout. Incredible. I thought you, for sure, were going to get... Some rain in Seattle, but you know they got that roof, so they can, uh, <laughs> there would somehow be a malfunction with the roof. They have to cancel the game. Did that happen to the Marlins? That's true. Yeah, I, I think Otero is an interesting choice, and they tried it with McAllister last year, and it didn't work out as well. I, I think it takes a unique guy where they're not going to approach it, and this is where it's tough. You have to find somebody that is not going to freak out in that moment that's not going to view it as, hey, I'm starting this game, that is going to embrace it like, I'm entering a scoreless game in the sixth, like I've done a million times before in my career. And I, that's where I think it's it gets a little tricky because you haven't asked guys to do that before, and you have some guys that have started in the past, but you don't want them to approach it like a start. You want them to come in and throw like you're throwing a scoreless inning. That's the whole key to this whole thing making it work, is that you have guys coming in that aren't like starters, aren't worried about the fifth and sixth inning. They're only worried about that one inning that they're coming into. So maybe it's, maybe it's Otero, maybe it's a guy like Nick Goody, and that would be an interesting case in, in Yankee Stadium facing a team that basically threw him away. Uh, maybe it's Tyler Olson, depending on how the team is going to to start their their order. Is it is there two lefties there? Yeah, I think that you could get creative with it. Does it matter if they would be up to one or down to one going into this? The one thing that I don't think they should do, I I don't think they should bring back Kluber on short rest, no matter what the scenario is. I, I they should set it up where they're trying to win five games. So, in that regard, if you think this is a good situation up 2-1, it shouldn't change your impact 1-2. I think -hmm. you should just be worried about what gives you the best chance to win that day, but not also uh, jeopardizing what could happen in Game 5. But you do know you can bring back your Game 2 starter in Game 5 on full rest because there's the two off days. So you could bring back Kluber on short rest and then not... You could pitch Carrasco in Game Five, and he would be on regular rest. I, true, but I don't. And didn't Kluber prove last year that he's yes down But for this it? is, it, you can't just rely on last year as being because he did it last year doesn't mean that it's going to work this year. A lot of last year was because they had to do that. You'd trust whatever crazy scenario you're throwing <laughs> out there more than Kluber on one day short rest. Uh, I or Tomlin for a I few just, innings first. I like. I like the idea of Kluber on his normal rest in Game 5. Or as close to normal rest in Game 5. I like that. That's the scenario I like. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Yes! <laughs> Payback. Major freeze. <laughs> Nothing to say. I was... No, never mind. No, I, I don't know how I feel. I mean, I think... It depends who they play, too. I don't think the Twins stand any chance if they face the Indians in the first round. Famous last words. Famous last words, I'm sure. Baseball's weird, all that. Yeah, yeah. I, the one here, Here's the thing that I think, if, if you're going to do it, one of the things I've heard many people say is, but what are people going to say about it? What, how, how are we going to ask questions about it? How are the fans going to react to it if it doesn't work? If you believe that that's the best scenario, 
who cares what anybody else thinks? I don't think you can manage. And Tito, to an extent, kind of did this last year. He didn't manage based on what would be easy to defend. Of course. He managed based on what he thought was going to give the team the best chance to win. And it paid off for him. He also said, uh, in January, there's a thin line between being smart and being dumb. And things that look initially good can play out not so well. I think there's a lot of moving parts to that sort of scenario, going to a bullpen day. There's a lot of downfalls, but you're also talking about one of the best bullpens, not just in baseball today, but statistically one of the best bullpens of all time. I would be supremely confident in giving them the ball hypothetically. I just don't know that the unknown part of it is how they would react to a different scenario. Yes, they've done this before, sort of, but if you're actually committing to a full bullpen day where a bullpen guy is starting the game, I don't know how they'd react. And keep in mind, it depends how you get there. If you burn through all those relievers in game three, then what? Right. That's where you have to have many fallback plans. So I, I just thought it was an interesting thought to kick yeah. around that I don't think we're too far off from a team actually using that in a must-win scenario. Do you like that playoff baseball is so different than regular season baseball? I love it. I actually love it. Does that make it so that the best team doesn't always win, though? It, absolutely. But that's kind of also the fun part of this, is that every team that enters the postseason, even the Twins, for as much as you want to poop all over them, the Twins have an outside shot, yes, but a shot at reaching the World Series. They, they do have, have a two shot really at good starting, winning two it Two really all. good starting pitchers. That, good but, I, but I like that. I like that about baseball is that I don't know. Going into the, the NBA playoffs, I feel really good about it's going to be Cavs, Warriors again. Right. In football, you can, I, I guess you could point to some teams that have come out of nowhere to win the Super Bowl. But I feel pretty good knowing once the playoff field is set, who re- realistically has a shot at winning at all. In baseball, Indians and Dodgers, right? That's what everyone's expecting. And I would not be shocked at all if it's Nationals, Yankees. If it's Red Sox, uh, who else? Uh, Arizona. I mean, that's... Rockies that's, Twins. Rockies Twins. That would be amazing for keeping the game alive from a people watching standpoint at home. If you're but, the, I, but I like that. I like that element. If you're the Indians, what, what's the path you want to, fa- you want to take? I mean, what, what are, who are the teams you... Let's say they make a World Series run again. Who are the teams you want to face on the way? Look out. Do you want the Look easiest... Look how good the American League is. I know. Do you want the easiest path? I don't know if there is an easy path. Maybe Twins and then... Twins and... Austin? I, I... Or do you want to... Do you want to shove it against the Yankees and then against Houston and then beat the Dodgers? Well, or do you want... Every do you com- want to face the Rockies in the World Series? Every competitor says, give me the best, I'll take them on. We want Bama. <laughs> No, you don't. You want as easy a road as you can have. Um, Is that Twins Astros? Twins Red Sox? I mean, look at every team you play. Every team. In a five-game series, every team could beat you. Sure. And in a seven-game series, facing either Red Sox or the Astros, they absolutely could beat you. Sure. And then if you could get through the gauntlet of facing the Yankees and, say, the Red Sox. Yankees and Red Sox. And then who could you be staring at? The Nationals? The Dodgers? It's like the Cubs would be like a gift, and they're the team that won the World Series I don't even know if the Cubs are going to get out of the first round this year against the Nationals. And then you could take one of those wild card teams. Diamondbacks are really good. They are. As the Indians know. You look at what 
the Indians faced last year. They faced the Red Sox in the first round. That was tough. And I, th I felt like they lucked out by playing the Blue Jays. The Rangers, in my mind, would have been a tougher matchup for the Indians, just anecdotally. And then, then they faced the Cubs, of course, and you knew that was going to be. But getting to the World Series, that path was probably easier than any of us anticipated, especially considering what they had to fight through. Sure. That, does, that doesn't look like that could be a scenario that plays out this year. Yeah, I... Whew. Could you be looking at elimination games in every series all the way through the American League? I mean, think about it. The National League is tough, too. That Nationals-Cubs series first round is going to be great. And yeah. it's, if it's Dodgers-Diamondbacks, that's that's closer than people think. And, and so I... It's what makes baseball playoffs great. And I'm glad that there's not, like... You know, unless the Twins make a big run... There's not going to be, like, an 85-win team winning the World Series this year, which I appreciate, because I, I think it... You want the Maybe regular... cheapens it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you want the regular season to matter. I think they've done a good job of that with the new... The way baseball's set up now since 2012 with the wild card game. Yeah, the teams hate playing in the wild card game. But it makes it so a team like the Yankees has to think about throwing Severino in that game. And even though they're the wild card team... And they're in the postseason. If they advance, now they're playing from a little bit of a deficit. They have they had a little bit of more of a mountain to climb over. It makes the incentive for winning your division that much more strong. Unless you go with a bullpen game in the wild card game. <laughs> but, but I don't think they're going to. No. Final thing, Zach, I had tweeted out a couple days ago a note on Jose Ramirez, who is quickly climbing up the, the war chart this year as the season ends. And I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but not be a shock at this point if he's a finalist for that award. And there's good reason for that. You look at his wins above replacement, it's just one of the ways that he's uh, showing his value this year. And he's climbing up the charts for any Indians position player since 1995. And heavily on that list of just single seasons that are above the six war that Ramirez, I think Ramirez is at 6.1. Grady Sizemore's on that list a bunch. Ow, crap, my knee. Ow, ow, sorry. Just a knee-jerk reaction to hearing that name. Have people forgotten just how good Grady Sizemore was? I got a couple of tweets from people saying, this just proves war is stupid. Grady Sizemore is nowhere near as good as Jose Ramirez is this year. I think because of the injuries late in his career, and because he just didn't end up becoming what people thought he was going to become over the longevity of his career. And he played on some crappy teams. True. I think people have forgotten just how good that guy was. The, it, the, you tie his name to injuries, and that's fine, because they derailed his career, although his career, when it was good, was really good. He had five-year stretch where he was a really, really good player in Cleveland. I, I had people say earlier this season, like, Zimmer goes so hard, he's just going to turn to the next Sizemore. Yeah, you hope. Like, <laughs> if Zimmer can do what Sizemore did for five years, that's huge for the Indians. Um, I, yeah, it's. I hope this doesn't happen to Michael Brantley, too. Um, I, I think people, it is recency bias. You, you think about how things ended and how they were late later on, and you forget about how good they were before the injuries set in. Like people hold that against Grady, and when his name comes up, people get mad. They get mad at him. Remember how people used to get ticked at him for being injured, and he's doing everything within his power yeah. to get back, and he's busting his ass, and it's just not working. Injuries suck. 
and it could happen to, to anybody at any time. It could derail any career. I don't know if he would have been a Hall of Famer, but you look at his four to five year stretch with the Indians where he was up there with some of the best players there in were, baseball. There was a little Mike Trout to his game. I mean, poor man's Mike Trout. He is not as good as Trout. No, but he was very well-rounded, center fielder, gold glove, silver slugger ability. You don't see too many guys at that premiere of a position and hitting leadoff and producing that much and just what couldn't he do? No, I mean, nothing. He was a speed guy that could steal bases. He added power. Um, when his average dipped, his on-base still stayed pretty high. He was a good defender. In his early years, kind of trailed off towards the end of that four to five years, but still was a good defender in center field, gold glove winner. Knew where to hold his mug. <laughs> four of the eight seasons in Indians history where there was 20 homers, 20 stolen bases, and 100 runs in a single season, eight, time that's, eight times that's been done in Indians history, Sizemore owns four of those seasons. And then I was looking at war from 2005 to 2008. The four top players in wins above replacement from 2005 to 2008, Albert Pujols. Pretty good. Chase Utley. Who? Chase Utley. That dude's still playing, isn't he? He's still playing. Yes, he is. Alex Rodriguez. Okay. Grady Sizemore. Yeah, that's a good company. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised to see him inducted into the Indians Hall of Fame at some point in the near future. Um, he is, I mean, part of it is he was a quiet guy. He was reserved. He wasn't... Flamboyant. He wasn't out yeah. there. Show, he doesn't have that showmanship... And those teams that he was on, it was a period of time where, like, interest in the Indians was weird. Because 05, obviously, they won 93 games. They were really good. But a lot of that, they also caught fire in the second half. 06 was weird. Well, 05, they also choked down the stretch, too. So people remember that more than them sure. having a 93 They remember him season. dropping the fly ball and Absolutely. losing in the sun in Kansas City. Um, 06 is weird. 07 was, obviously, they made the run. But they had... That year was all about the pitching, and 08 was a disaster. So if he's on this team now, he's probably getting the Francisco Lindor treatment. It's just, it's all about timing, and and sadly, it fizzled so quickly. Yeah. And he he stuck around for a long time, even when he was injured. I mean, remember he was here in 2011, my first year on the beat, and like, tried to get in some games, and it was just, it was painful to watch. Yeah, he was a shell of himself and then came back a little bit and had a little bit of success with Boston, very limited success, and, of course, the career just eventually ended. But I think sometimes we'd be un- we're unfair to guys looking at the entirety of their careers. The odds of somebody sticking around for 13, 15, 18 years, is that's, that's the outlier. That's not common. Normally, guys do... They have longer careers than Sizemore, but they do what Sizemore did, where they flash for four to five seasons where they're at their peak, and then they trail off of that. And the unfortunate part is he just didn't get the longevity to build up all of the other stats that guys, other guys get to do. But for a four- to five-year period, he was an MVP-caliber player. In fact, I remember people being almost upset, borderline upset, when Peter Gammon said, I believe it was 2005, 2000, somewhere in that stretch where he was really good. This guy's an MVP candidate. People in Cleveland lost their minds <laughs> that, that, that people outside this area would actually consider him an MVP candidate. I think people have forgotten just how great he was, and I think that's unfortunate. That, that What sticks out is the injuries. At the risk of forgetting people because we're doing this off the top of our heads, what Cleveland Indians outfielders in, in team history would you put above him? 
in terms of production? Uh, Manny Ramirez. Okay. Albert Bell. Okay. Uh, Maybe Kenny Lofton? Kenny Lofton, yes, sir. Would you put Michael Brantley up there just because of the longevity of his career? I don't think I would put him above. I wouldn't put him above. In the same category? In, in the conversation, okay. but I mean, we're talking... Right, now, now you have to go back through... Let's and go think. back. Larry Doby? Yeah, absolutely. Rocky Colavito? But it's he wasn't here for too long. No. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a short list. So I think when you think about it like that, he's really good. He was really good, and I hope people recognize that. I, I, he had some really, really impressive stat lines, and he had Grady's ladies. And that will end the podcast. There's no better note to end on than Grady's ladies. So I, I appreciate the time this week, Zach. It was a lot of fun. TJ's, TJ's Zoopies Groupies. Got it. And Meisel's... Nope. We're not going to do it? We're not going to play there, that there's game? There's nothing. What, what exactly are you musing tonight? I don't know. Anyway. I hope, I hope they are amusing. And we're out of here. Thank you groupies. for subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, on Bumpers, on SoundCloud, on every other way that you can find us. By the way, really quick, uh, which was the better random jersey? The Tyler Houston one? Or yeah. the C.C. Lee? Uh, absolutely, Houston, because I had no memory of him even playing. Yeah, I saw him games. once live at an Indians game, 1999, played 13 games. I saw him one of those games, Golden Sombrero. So uh, that's the lasting memory on him. And it's too bad because he was probably better than that and just like Grady Sizemore. And, you know, the only Next thing I remember week, him for is striking remember. out. We will, we will dive through this, the stats of Mr. Houston and see just how much he has been forgotten in Indians lore. Do you remember when C.C. Lee threw a wild pitch on an intentional walk that led to the Detroit Tigers beating the Cleveland Indians a couple years ago? Uh, which of the many times the Detroit Tigers beat the Cleveland Indians in that span? Well, it was the which only one with that, though. Okay, fair enough. Until Soupies next week. Groupies. Until next week. Thanks for being groupies. We're out of here.